You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. So I think from now on, just check. Will you check with me that the recording is happening? Sounds good. But yeah, it's good to have both of us. Just so that I don't double check. End up Jessica St. Clairing this situation. Yep. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Andy, your host, and I'm here with my co-host Eleanor. Eleanor, how's it going? Um, I'm doing well. I'm I'm looking up right now this app that I wanted to ask you about. What do you think of a dating app that uses audio as its core messaging strategy? Like you have to make like a message. Like once you've matched, it, so the interface would look just like let's say Tinder, and you'd swipe and pick someone, and then. You match with them, and then from then on out, you have to leave audio recordings. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know the UI. I'm not. I'm not. I haven't been in this app, but there is an app that is going to be based on audio, heart to heart. I kind of like it. I feel like listening to someone's voice gives off some sort of personality in a way. Yeah. Does it, do you think that would have worked to your advantage or disadvantage? Probably disadvantage. I don't have like a voice that people have been known to want to hear, <laughs> which is just a great situation to have a podcast as, as the way you're going to com- communicate. Yeah. To the public. You know, I've got a voice not for radio, but I'm on radio. Do you have a face to for radio it. too? I mean, society has spoken and <laughs> the answer is that they do not want to hear my voice and that they're okay with my face. They're, they're lukewarm about my face or, or okay with it, but they are 100% they're, they're out. vetoing your voice. Yeah. They're out on my voice. I mean, dating apps are already so challenging in so many ways. The idea of having to record audio. There is a entire genre of terrible, very cringy videos on the internet are these videos of like guys on match who insist on saying, hey, like, hey, I didn't want a message. I wanted to just make this video so I could talk to you. Wait, there's really a whole genre out there like that? I mean, I've seen plenty of these like really cringy YouTube videos of people like... I mean, it's like, like the I'm old... so busy at the office right now, but I thought I'd just shoot this video. How are like, you that busy yeah. if you're shooting a video? <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. It's like the old 80s VHS dating tapes. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm talking about? Great. Like, yeah, yeah like great. a person with a, like a gray washed backdrop. The original dating. Yes. Was, and like, you you're sitting on a stool and you're like, hi, like I'm Eleanor Cleverly. I, I, I live in Seattle, Washington. I really love cats. My friends were on Craigslist as their dating app. Sure. The idea, the idea of like going on Craigslist and putting a personal ad now is just not even just upsetting. It's like every, you know, you would just be like, that's dangerous. They would think you were like a sex worker. There was a, when I first moved to Seattle, there, the big story in the news was, I think a lady in Renton had gone on some Craigslist dates with a guy and then he murdered her. Okay. And she was like an attractive 42 year old woman who was like still in 2016 using Craigslist to date. That's a bold move. What was the, I had another thing. Oh, um, what if somebody sent you a video? What would, ha- like, what would be the, would you be able to do that? What do you mean? 
Like, like if, if we were on, okay, so let's just paint this picture. We were on, we met on a dating app just so that, that listeners can understand yeah. sort of our relationship to dating apps. We are not anti-app by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I'm not like super pro app. But no, I, I mean, use them. yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, like it, it is what it is. It is what it is. It wasn't very fun while we were on it. Then we met each other. Now we're married. That being said, if you had sent me a video on Hinge, which was the app that we used, that's almost like the the mile extra that I am not interested in. There's my extra miles that a person you're dating can go can be very endearing. And then there's miles extra people can go to that are red flags. Obviously, if the app's designed to leave voice messages. I don't know. I'm I'm a better talker than I am like a texter, I think. So maybe yeah. it would have benefited me. I remember when we were through our like initial dating phase and in a relationship and we talked about the fact, you know, what our banter, like how we perceived those first couple exchanges. <laughs> yeah. And Andy was like, I fucking nailed it. And I, I was like, oh, did you? In all fairness, I felt like I had performed and we had had rapport that was much better than my past experiences, which means that my past experiences must have been terrible. <laughs> because then when we read it because, back, yeah, it wasn't good. He was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like it was not. The magic was all gone. So let's just put it this way. At some point we'll dig up those uh, messages and we'll try and do a um a performance. The magic was all gone. I commented on a song that you like your guilty pleasure song. I hate to I hate to say this. Every single guy that on that app commented of on course, that song. It's an easy everybody knows what it is. Yeah, I think it, like I had, you know, what is your guilty pleasure? And I said, you know, the song drops, drops of Jupiter. I'll share some playlists with you and you can. Oh, thank God. No, I don't think anyone was that condescending. That would have been the ultimate turnoff. <laughs> I would have been like, um, no, thanks. Do you hate condescending dudes or do you kind of find them attractive? I think condescending dudes or guys with like um, an inflated ego can can be similar to the bad boy. That's weird because I would consider myself an overconfident bad boy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to. I like to play with. So hard. I like to play with overconfidence. People have misread it, but I like to to satire overconfident the men. The boastfulness I like to, of white to men. Do it, but do it like awkwardly and like yeah. off. And and some people find it really funny, and other people are like, "Why is this guy being cocky right now?" The reason why I hesitated was because I know you better than anyone in the entire world. I know your the, the space that you have in your life and in your personality for humility and for for embarrassment and shame and, and sort of like, I, I sort of know how you actually truly at your core see yourself in the world. And it's not a place of, of ego. And so, or not like overwhelming ego. I mean, I think everybody has some ego, but I, I mean, I definitely think we had conversations where I was like, are you being real right now? What I think is funny about you is often you would like step back and be like, I don't know how much of this is me and how much of this is a performance. <laughs> and that yeah. I think is something that is interesting about you, but that, that ability to just like self-reflect is like hugely impressive, right? If somebody stops sure, yeah, and like, says, I'm not sure, like that's a, one, that's of, the, really one of the known attributes of, of egomaniacs isn't reflecting on like how they're presenting <laughs> like themselves taking to the a world. pause yeah. and like considering the question for its full breadth yeah. and depth. You know, at that cocktail party, I was a little boastful. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I should reflect on why I was doing this. Yeah, exactly.
Okay, let's get into the question. User miscreation00 writes, okay, hold on. This is going to be a kind of a long one. Wait, miscreation00? Yes. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Sup? I'm not quite ready to start dating, but I've been hovering on the edges. I had told myself that once I reached a certain milestone buying a house, I'd start dipping my toes. Surprisingly, that happened about two years earlier than expected. So I guess I'm a step closer to getting into the dating pool. I'll talk about me and why I'm hesitant to date. I'm 30 years old and a divorced single mom. Pretty obvious why that's a hurdle. I'm a shy and nervous person. I have social anxiety and a hard time taking the first step into a conversation. The thought of meeting someone new in person gives my stomach knots. When I meet people organically, I'm completely different. I'm pretty likable overall, as long as people don't mind my sarcasm and nerdy hobbies. I'm very nervous about intimacy, as I've had bad experiences and I'm not good at communicating things regarding sex. I've never actually had a serious conversation around boundaries, aside from one person, and those were blatantly ignored. It's not so much that I'm worried about that happening again. I just have no idea how to approach the topic. I've been in only a few relationships, and the guy I lost my virginity to ended up my husband and the father of my kids, and I wasn't even comfortable talking to him about this stuff. There are a few things specifically that are a hard line for me, and I'm worried that it will be a big deal that makes a future partner no longer interested. How do I approach this as a single mom or even take the steps toward having a conversation who has had bad experiences regarding sex and doesn't know how to open up and lay down boundaries? I know there's quite a bit to unpack there, but what are what are your initial thoughts? This is 100% not in jest and a very, very serious feedback is that 100% this person needs to be in therapy. If they're not in therapy, like that's that's step one. Talk to a therapist about your hang up around being a single mom, like being a single mom and dating is is gonna, certainly going to be a challenge. And, and it's something that's unique to each person. But it's not like, a you, I don't know, I, I kind of when I when I heard the question, it sort of sounded like, oh, I'm a single mom. So obviously, no one's going to want to date me. Like I kind of got that vibe from it. I think you got to look at it as like, you are worthwhile, you are someone who brings something to the table, and you have a kid and you're divorced. But so is, so are a lot of people. I, I will just completely second. I think that was the very first thing I thought when I read this, I was like, therapy would be really helpful in this situation. For sure. There are a lot of specifics going on. Like I am a single parent, haven't dated in a while, seriously. That's a that's something to work through. I am shy and have a hard time socializing. That's another thing to work through. And then I've had sexual experiences that I'm not okay with. And that's a huge thing to work through and have trouble with boundary, like giving boundaries, right? And, uh, and even and talk, talking about sex, talk about sex. There's, um, you might want to talk to a professional who can help you work through, unpack some of that and figure out why. And, and I think that a lot of the questions that they're asking are, are really one personal and sensitive and two, they take time, right? Like you're not going to have a single conversation with your friend and be able to like unpack how do I talk about sex with a partner? Yeah. But talk, talk to me more about the single parent thing. Um, that's something that is an interesting one for the two of us. Again, I don't think it's something that you have to look at like you're working from a deficit or something. Um, from a from a guy's perspective, something that you need to probably, you probably want to be just like when we started dating, you were really direct and honest and open with it pretty much from the get-go. From our yeah. second date. So Andy's Andy's kind of like bearing the lead. 
I'm a single, I was a single parent when we met. At the end of the day, some people are going to walk away from that saying like, I don't want any part of that. And some people are going to be like, great, sign me up. Yeah, I ha- I learned that lesson. So I got married when I was 19 and I had my son when I was 21. That meant that the majority of my 20s, I was an outlier and I, and I di- got divorced in my mid-20s. And so the majority of my mid to late 20s, I was a fairly like unusual outlier among my peers in that I was divorced and had a child. And I learned pretty quickly. Well, maybe I didn't learn quickly, but I learned the hard way that trying to bury that lead and like not be open, honest and direct about that very serious and important information was a really quick path to making a relationship network. I myself didn't feel comfortable disclosing it directly on the app um, because I also didn't didn't disclose a ton on the app. Like, I I don't feel like that's my job and responsibility. Yeah, I I always felt like when when I was a person in the apps reading that, like, hey, I'm a mom, you got to be cool with that. And it's like, it's hard to sign up for being a stepdad before you're before you even like meet the person. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that is true. That is hard. And so. I would not let it go past a second date without talking about it. And I, I would I would just establish how you want to deal with it. And you might have to learn from some dates. And, yeah. and it might be you meet someone and you're like, okay, I want to go on a couple dates. Like I like this person enough to go on another date. I'm going to tell them now or. What I would say is really important from my perspective as a single parent for a long time is somebody who doesn't want to date a single parent. It's not about you. It's, it's going to be easy to feel like that is rejection. To me, I think the healthiest way to look at it is there's going to be things that you're going to not want in your partner or find to be outside of like the ideal relationship you want to be in. And like you just saying, hey, that's not for me, isn't necessarily rejecting that individual. And being a co-parent to a person's children is a huge commitment. And so if somebody says like, that's not for me, like that's not about you. There, if, if it was really that difficult for single mothers to have a second relationship or another marriage, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. There like, wouldn't it just, be any bad stepdads. <laughs> there wouldn't be any bad stepdads. How do you recommend she approach meeting people? I think at the end of the day, do the do the apps. You may not like need to go full hardcore on them, but do the apps. Let people set you up with friends. Go to a bar and have a drink by yourself at the bar and see if anyone hits on you. Like these are things that single people do to meet people. And I think you should be exploring all of those avenues and getting some reps and some practice. I mean, I think that's one of the hard part is, is like, it's kind of a bandaid. Uh, you want to pull it off in one foul swoop and get out there and start doing it the first, you know, it's like, or, or like interviewing for a job. Your first interview is not going to be great. You're going to feel Such nervous and you're going to be clammy. And and then your next one's going to go a little smoother and a little smoother after that. And so, so make a list of all those possible ways and whichever ones are the most comfortable, do them first. You know what I mean? Like if you really like, if you have a really sort of narrow hobby that is specific and you're really interested in and passionate about, like go join that club or go to those I shows. I recommend or, any th- that more than. Yeah. Right. Except that like you may not meet the love of your life there, but like I do think that's part of the reps is just like getting more comfortable and confident yeah. in your social life. There is like some. Uh, and you know that I don't really believe in this thing, but I do like dating is weirdly like a karmic thing, like investing in yourself, following your own passions and hobbies and interests. You have some nerdy hobbies. What are those? 
assuming they're not video games or something you're doing by yourself, like really lean into those. I think that's a huge start. Like if you like gaming, like there's ways to meet up and game. There's ways to like go to conventions or do like, yeah, like that's not impossible. Let's hear from the Redditors. Plastic underscore comment underscore 5189 writes, I know how you feel. I'm shy and I tend to get nervous just speaking to guys. But what I've learned over the years is to be honest about what I want. Yeah, some guys are put off by it, but you'll eventually find someone on the same wavelength. You never know. The guy might be feeling the exact same way as you. Okay, so this is a interesting question. Have you ever struggled to talk to women, Andy? Not really. I mean, of course... Yes. The, <laughs> and it's I'm, a no yes situation. I'm struggling right now. Yeah, of course. I mean, a pro, especially because like in, in our society, it is like the men are supposed to approach women to talk to them. And that's like the arrangement at bars and parties and things. And that's a fucking hard thing to do. Like, I, I actually really liked what this person said. I think honesty and straightforwardness, you just cut through the bullshit really quick. And it, like you said earlier about it's not about me, like ha- being a single parent and someone not wanting to date me isn't about me, which makes it a lot easier to stomach. Like if you're really straightforward and honest with people, you cut through all the bullshit and and you, you, you end up finding a lot of people that aren't good for you and aren't like a match for you. And you, sh- you know, I would be much more comfortable being honest with someone and them being like, we're not a match than like trying to finesse some sort of weird relationship and then getting hurt later. I don't know. Yeah. I also think this commenter saying, you never know the guy might be feeling the exact same way as you. Sure. I mean, biggest lesson of my entire life has been all of those fears that I had during dating. They're so common. And and they say that they're, you know, a pretty likable person at the end of the day. And, and I'm sure they are. Yeah. Well, and, and like, that's a it like it sounds like they have a healthy sense of self as well like i like if you like yourself you should look for somebody who yeah. likes you too yeah. Tr- yeah, <laughs> like tr- that's trust right your gut on that if you think you're likable go out there and and let people like you okay i don't lie about stuff right take it slow you aren't undateable i'm currently dating a single mother and honestly it's been the most healthy relationship i've ever had the issue with being able to talk about boundaries and sex That you got to work on if you ever really want to have a good sex life. It'll get easier as you do it and as you do it with the right person. Decent people are going to respect any sexual boundary you lay out. Oh, my (laughs) Jesus. I was trying to make that The son of Mary. I apologize. The man just, it's like if there's not a belch, there's a fart. (laughs) I'm a noise factory. It's, anyway... Good dudes will take the time to let you get comfortable without expecting or requiring sex. I'm a good dude and I never required sex. I mean, to a degree, I'm not going to marry someone who makes me wait till marriage. That's just my own personal thing. Yeah. And, and there's that's your people boundary, who then, will totally respect that boundary. If that's, yeah, your boundary. If that's your boundary, then like you, you want to weed out the Andy Vaduses of the world. Whether you wait two dates or 20, it's actually pretty inconsequential. If you are having a good time with that person and like, if you're having at least open conversations about why you're not having sex, maybe that will be an easier 
thing for that person to digest. But it's also like, if that's your boundary, that's your boundary. And I just don't think it should be something that you should worry about whether or not it's going to turn off a guy. Like, okay, then he can go try to find sex elsewhere. We do this thing where we want to have sex and we, we identify. (laughs) Sorry. Men do this funny thing, which is that they want to have sex. And we will convince you that we want to date you so that we can have sex with you once or twice or three times and then stop seeing you. You guys are just... Well, here's the thing is like when you meet a woman, you identify one, would you have sex with her? And two, would you date her? And those can be exclusive of each other. And you will pretend to want to date them until you have sex with them. So what does this tell us? Like, I I, I don't quite know what I'm trying to pull from this. So I do think that waiting... If if you feel like you're going to turn people off by waiting, those are just people who didn't weren't really interested in you. Sure. Unless uh, I but if it went really well, I would keep going on dates with them that went well for a while. Yeah, how long how long did it take for us to have sex? A long time. Like 5 dates, 6 dates. But and over Some insane over amount, like an insane amount of dates. <laughs> okay. A whoa, fucking, whoa, whoa, whoa. A pile of dates. A pile of dates. Over like two months or something. It was kind of a long time. It was over like probably what, like six four, weeks. Four or five weeks, was it really? Yeah. It was over six weeks. We I both think. went on vacation in the middle of that time. Totally. I, I mean, there were there were like reasons why we delayed like a date or two that may have happened that would have maybe gotten us a little bit closer, but Well, yeah. I was there was a big delay. <laughs> I mean, it was like, there no. Was the that main was delay. so. Were you just about to tell that, or do you did you not want me to? Share that? <laughs> no, I'm totally. I think it's I think it's pertinent to this conversation. Um, I mean, I don't think my rash was pertinent to the conversation, but it's pertinent to like the idea that you can like if a person's really interested in you. <laughs> You can not invite them in for many dates and they can just keep asking to come in and keep taking you out on dates. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like a pretty big proponent of waiting, waiting to have sex, especially if you're serious, you know, if you're like, I want something serious and I want to see what, if, you know, and I want to, you know, I like this person. I want to see if they like me. Waiting is a good option. Okay. There were two factors. One, I had not been dating for seriously for like a year. I thought it was longer than that, like a year and a half, two Maybe. years. No, it was like a year and a half, probably. That's fair. <laughs> the day we go to get coffee for our first date, I go to yoga in the morning or something, and I come back and I like get out of the shower and I have hives all over my body, like real hives. Like, what the fuck is going on, hives? And in my head, I'm like, is it from the sweat? Am I just super nervous? So we go on this date, right? Whatever. We go on the date. Like he was like, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I was going to get a massage, but I got hives. Yeah, going to take care of these hives. <laughs> I'm going to take got. care of these hives. He was like, okay, cool. Whatever, man. Um, which is also a really good litmus test. Like if like you want a really candid relationship, you got to talk about the hives day one. You can't yeah, bury the hives. You know that hives are one of my kinks. <laughs> oh, it was like every time he dropped me off after the third date was like, cool so anyway what's After, going on like we would like make out and have some heavy petting and then i'd be like maybe we should go inside we should probably take this inside your neighbors can see. and i'd be like absolutely not and then i would just get out of the truck and walk inside and he'd be like cool i don't know what is going yeah. on what did you think of that were you worried that i wasn't as into you or were you uh, yeah Kind of. I didn't know. I had. I wasn't sure. You weren't really very communicative about talking why about this, not being yeah, communicative. You didn't. Communicative. If you had just told me like, "Hey, I don't have hives and I don't want to see you naked," but I would have been like, "I don't care." You, <laughs> no, you I mean, would've. but but like, I wouldn't have had sex with you with hives, even if I had been like having casual sex a lot before that. Um, also, 
Andy doesn't drink. And so we weren't drinking. So there was also like not a like a lowered inhibition where like I could be like, we're drunk. I've got hives. Who cares? Yeah. You know, so those are the factors. This is all to say you got to have faith that like. Especially when you find a person that likes you. In fact, like there's going to inevitably be this part where you show some side of yourself that you aren't so keen to show and they're going to brush it off. This person can see my, my warts and not care. The worst thing I can say is like the truest thing I can say is like the fun part of getting to know the person that ends up being your partner is like going through this stuff together. And I'm not going to lie. You may go through this stuff with people that don't end up being your partner and you'll learn through those experiences. Why? Yeah. Like human, humanity, like being a human is painful is is experiencing the spectrum of emotions that's the most why do you watch movies and and read books uh because people are experiencing the span of emotions like yeah you're gonna have those and you don't want to just live this like completely inert life at your house at your newly purchased house yeah So my TLDR, I just want to preface it with, this is a hard one. And so I'm not as confident in my TLDR as I usually am. Yeah. Wow. Okay, great. Well, let's talk and just say it and we'll discuss. Okay. First, you may need to accept that just as there are things that you may not want to take on when you date someone, being in a relationship with a single parent is simply something some people will not want. If meeting new people is difficult for you, start by putting yourself in familiar situations where socializing comes naturally. Join a club, focusing on your passions, volunteer, or simply find time to socialize with your current friends and acquaintances. If you're using dating apps, consider being direct so that the people who swipe are already aware of your parenting status and nerdy hobbies. If discussing the specifics of your sexual boundaries is too difficult, Make sure that anyone you do date, at a minimum, knows you want to have a conversation about trying new things in the bedroom outside of the bedroom first. Lastly, therapy. It's a powerful place to work through all of this. A place where you can share your fears with someone who's qualified to help you process and find a path forward. I I think the maybe the one is where you say, like, make sure you put it on your profile that you have a kid before they swipe. I think you just got to figure out what you want and stick to it. I mean, I don't think it's that... I don't think that's bad advice. I just think you could be more flexible in the advice. I think we both started out this conversation like go to therapy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If that's you a can, good point. If you order, can aff- order of importance is certainly, I think, If therapy. you can afford therapy, if it's accessible to you through your insurance, if not, look for pro bono therapists or community organizations that support mental health. It is the I mean, thing that has changed my life more wholly than any relationship, religion, <laughs> new I'm, house. I'm the biggest person who can say, like, I didn't even consider, I wouldn't consider therapy till I was like 33 or 34, I think. And it's completely changed my life in short order. And like two years of therapy radically changed who I am and how I approach the world and how I process things. Like it's, it's incredible how much change I've gone through in those two years. I truly had heard a lot of people say like, everybody should be in therapy. And like, I wholeheartedly believe that now, please don't think that we read this question and think like, well, that person needs to be, you know, like, it's not that at all. It's that like, 
therapy is the exact pl- you're asking how do i work through these things and therapy is the exact place where you can go work through these things i dated started dating andy probably 8 years after my first therapy session and i knew that i needed to be in a relationship with somebody who was willing to go to couples therapy i didn't know i needed to go to couples therapy with that person i needed to know that that was in our toolkit because i knew how important it was for me to be able to use that tool when things got hard i mean it categorically changed our relationship yeah for sure it you know what who it didn't change our cat barbara who's meowing downstairs out of for for what reason nobody knows i mean listen i i do think there's something to be said for like dating with cats like there are definitely people who cannot stand cats and there are people who are allergic to cats and if you had been in either of those camps we would not be sitting here today i think dating with dogs is a big thing too like especially all these people dogs who get, are so much work and people act like it's like i know well and you're rescue dogs an extra are buddy, man. a lot of rescue dogs are neurotic as fuck and like sure you know you've got friends who's like yes yeah like it's hard for me to date because my dog's a fucking psychopath and it's like <laughs> great yeah i mean fact but yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, even though I feel like I'm just getting warmed up right now, I think we should probably cool it down. Yeah, this has been great. Yeah, we should do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. Fresh Out of Experts is a production of Narrowest, a website exploring what makes podcasting similar to and deeply different from what came before. You can find more about the show at narrowest.news and at narrowest on social. That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. Our theme music is Only Knows, and additional music is Blown Out, both courtesy of Broke for Free. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.